0: Welcome to the APM podcast and to our From the Frontline season. APM is the Chartered Body for the Project Profession. In From the Frontline, I'm meeting project professionals who are working on cutting-edge projects, the sorts of projects that make the headlines from NASA's Mars Perseverance Programme to the UK's Vaccine Task Force. I'll be asking them what it's like to lead projects like these and what they've learned from the experience, I'll also be speaking to academics whose research is at the forefront of project management techniques and be asking them how the latest thinking can help you run your projects in a smarter way. My name is Emma Devita, and I'm the editor of Project, APM's quarterly journal and your host. In this episode, I'll be speaking to Dr Natalie Margay, a Senior Lecturer in Leadership and Organisational Development at Liverpool John Moores University and author of APM's recent research paper, Detect, Reflect and Adapt. Faxes Influencing Critical Project Decisions, which can be found on the APM website. In this podcast, she shares the latest research into how project professionals can improve their decision-making. She'll be giving practical advice on how you can become more effective in your work using simple techniques, as well as helping you to understand your personal decision-making style, how to adopt new styles, and when to use them. Bad decision-making on projects has been identified as one of the key reasons for poor project performance, so every project manager has room for improvement and can learn from this new research. Welcome, Natalie. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: No, no trouble. It's a pleasure. And I think a really useful place to start would be for you to tell us a bit about your research, how it came about, what it involved and what your objective was.
1: So I've always been interested in, in why we make um, the decisions that we do and how our personal and situational factors influence the way that we make decisions. So this particular research project um, is actually part of a wider project it started with my phd and it was kind of rooted on the assumption that very often we all have the same information yet we notice and prioritize different aspects of decisions we behave so differently in you know in apparently the same situations so that's where my interest for this particular project came about but i was really interested in how project decisions are made um, in practice. So what are the actual factors that influence um, decisions at a project level?
0: Why is decision-making so important on projects? It sounds like an obvious question, but is it one of the things that that is most likely to scupper a project, kind of poor decision-making? Why does it matter so much to get project decision-making right?
1: Yeah, some recent research has shown that decision-making is actually one of six themes associated with poor performance, and that's very often because projects are a series of choices, a series of decisions. Decision-making for me is fundamental to project decisions, and I believe it is linked to project success.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think it'd be useful as well to um, define critical project decision because the name of the report um, the paper which you can which you can find on the APM website is detect reflect and adapt factors influencing critical project decisions so what is a critical project decision
1: so i've used that term to represent project decisions that are significant um, complex you know high levels of uncertainty or time pressures um, rather than more of those routine decisions that project professionals make every day.
0: Does it focus more on individual decision making or is there advice in there for how to make decision making collectively?
1: So that's a really interesting um, question because we don't, in my opinion, ever make decisions in isolation. Even if you are making a decision on your own, that, you know, there's wider stakeholders. Um, even within projects. So while we might make a decision on our own, it's never in isolation. So I've, within my research, tried to actually look at individual and social aspects of decision making.
0: I think it'd be interesting to find out the kinds of factors that affect your decision making as a project manager. You already alluded to the kind of your own psychology i guess and then the situational um, factors of that particular project but why don't you give us an idea of the factors that do affect decision making
1: yeah so that was one of the main questions actually is going out to project professionals to ask what factors influence their decision making and it seemed like such an obvious and simple question at first and then through the surveys and through the interviews the complexity of how those factors interact with each other really emerged. Whereas a lot of the research looks at factors in isolation, so factors relating to you know personal characteristics, um, to the actual decision-making process itself, or even the outcomes. You know, how are we assessing the success of decisions? Um, So there are many factors and I've grouped them um, into five particular areas which are those that related to the decision maker, um, the decision task itself, the wider decision context often associated with projects and organisations, the decision process which we often see as a linear step-by-step process and then the actual outcome. So the report itself breaks those down. Um, in a little bit more detail.
0: And for the research, just to rewind slightly, you, so it was a survey and interviews with project professionals, was it? How did you actually conduct the research?
1: Yeah, so the first phase of it was, um, I sent out um, a questionnaire that had a look at decision styles of uh, project professionals um, and got them to describe um, a critical project decision and then reflect on what factors they deem to influence their decision-making. Um, and that went out to quite, quite a large number of uh, project professionals and, f- and 500 took part in that survey.
0: And what I think makes your research extremely useful and valuable is that you're speaking to project professionals in the field. So the recommendations you make in the research are very practical. Was that your objective for the research? Was it to make it really based in the real world?
1: Yeah, and it's, a, it's really important for me that the research is actually applied. Um, so, so much of my practice is about improving um, practice through um, reflective exercises, through becoming consciously aware of why we're making the decisions that we are.
0: You referred to earlier a decision-making style. Can you tell us what that means, what they are and why do they matter?
1: Yeah, so a decision-making style you could generally say is a preference, um, an approach that you take when you make decisions. Um, so understanding, that st- understanding your styles will help you recognize your strengths and weaknesses. So when I talk about preferences, you can often um, put those across um, a couple of spectrums. The first is whether a person prefers structure i.e. clear processes, um, expectations, or somebody that much that prefers much more of an open ended, flexible approach to their decisions. And then another spectrum is talking about those that prefer more task and a technical approach, as opposed to um, people and social aspects of decisions. So when you're looking at understanding your style, the easiest way is some of the um, decision style questionnaires. You know, it's 20 simple questions that highlight some of your preferences and then based on where you land across those spectrums is, you know, your typical style. The problem is we tend to categorize people or put them in a box of one particular style and the research shows that that probably isn't useful so where i'm going to talk about different styles i just want to make it really clear that it's not a case of categorizing and putting somebody in a box of this is how you do make a decision these are talking about preferences kind of a, a natural flavor of how you approach a decision and would people have different preferences
0: for different types of decisions or situations
1: Yes, I believe they do. And the research demonstrated that. Um, so, you know, you know, how do you make a decision and what factors? There is that in practice. Well, it depends on the situation that I'm facing. And that really highlights how adaptive project professionals are. So you wouldn't expect people to just have a single preference or a single way of making a decision.
0: Do you have any advice for project professionals around which styles are suited to which decisions (laughs) it's very a very generalized question but are there advantages and disadvantages to each style Is, is there a right or wrong style do you have any advice for how to match up a style to a decision or is that a completely
1: wrong approach to take there isn't a single style that that's right You know, there's different ways of approaching decision making depending upon the situation, which we've briefly mentioned. So I think the most important thing is understanding um, your particular style and its strengths and its weaknesses and actually matching that to the environment. So where you've got a decision task that's quite stable. Um, you know, there's this clear cause and reflect uh, relationships that might be a right answer and you can collect the information um, more of a directive um, style would probably be more appropriate and that's where somebody um, would just take more of a pragmatic view of the problem, collecting the information um, together and communicating uh, well with people.
0: What about other styles and the types of decisions that uh, they suit best?
1: So the analytical decision style uh, was preferred by almost um 70% of project professionals and as you'd probably guess um those particular styles look for information, accurate information, up to date, they're very fact um very fact-based. Um, So they collect as much as they can. They often search for the best uh, possible solution. Um, So, you know, they they pursue knowledge, um, often in the written form, whilst getting and and sharing information from experts. The problem with that type of style is it can actually um, be slow or maybe over reliance on data and documentation. But depending on the style, sometimes it's worthwhile taking the time to go through that particular style of decision making. And are there any
0: other styles that, is there any more kind of creative or sort of flexible mindset that suits a different type of decision?
1: So the um, analytical and more directive is is what you could probably describe as the left-hand side of the brain, much more logical. Um, Whereas conceptual and behavioural decision styles is much more kind of right brain, um, more thinking, ideas. They are more creative, um, bringing people together with, with a preference on intuition and gut feeling. Is that good for critical project decisions, that kind of approach? I think it depends on where the decision is in the project life cycle. So much more at the start, um, maybe where you're trying to bring people on board and and you're looking at different options. You want a broader outlook and, and really understand, um, you know, some preferences. You know, creating buy-in. Then I think the conceptual, behavioural decision styles are much more appropriate there. Whereas towards the um, middle of the project, maybe when projects are recurring. Um, you might want to take much more of an analytical approach. If you're a project
0: professional, is it worth you spending time to reflect on the kind of styles you have? And if so, would you give any advice about where to look on on that?
1: Yeah, so part of the research actually, we we worked with um, 30 project professionals. Um, We put them in a simulation um, and We allowed them for the first part of the simulation just to make decisions as they normally would. And then we went back and we got them to do some really short reflective exercises, getting them to diagnose their own decision styles and those of others. And what we found is that actually helped them um, adapt uh, and bring in different types, different approaches of making decisions. But fundamentally, it actually helped improve making decisions with others oh that's interesting why was that i think we we tend to communicate um with our own preferences in mind um so if if you're somebody that needs all of the data and all of the information to justify your decision you tend to lead and communicate with that approach whereas if you're doing that with somebody who's much more conceptual in their style um somebody who's you know looking for new ideas is more creative that can actually lead to miscommunication or disengagement so what it showed actually with the reflection and the awareness of other styles is how people communicated with each other changed as they started to learn what the other person needed what they were looking for how interesting is are
0: there any websites or research that you'd recommend to listeners who might might be thinking or that they'd like to find out what kind of style they prefer
1: yeah there's there's a lot of research actually um on different styles there's different conceptual models and surveys out there um so to be honest whichever approach you use i think they they use a particular language pretty much like their personality styles most of it's um based on similar principles so which one you you use um i don't think matters but it it does help you communicate better with others if you understand your style and those of others
0: so the critical th- the thing that matters really is under is giving time and energy to reflect on your decision making style and and that's the key to unlocking how you communicate with others
1: i guess yeah and even influence others so it's um you know sometimes if you if you need to change um or persuade people in a different approach understanding their styles is key to that i believe
0: yeah so it's self-awareness and through that you become more aware of how other people um think there's their style i want to ask you through the research you've done and your own kind of practice how do the best project managers approach their decision making because i'm sure listeners will be thinking about how, how they can improve so do you, do you have any advice around um, or have noticed anything about how the best project managers approach their decision making that others could try
1: i think the the easiest answer is that they're very flexible in their approach. So the successful um, project managers, especially, were able to switch in between the different styles, you know, wearing different hats as they were communicating with different people. Um, and sometimes they did that unconsciously, actually. It seemed to be learned. Um, and one thing that stood out from the people that were doing that is that they were working in very uncertain environments. You know, they were working with different teams and different people on a regular basis. Um, Whereas the people that tended to work um, in much more stable environments, their practices, their styles were much more dominant in a single approach, probably because they didn't have the need to change. That style worked for them in their environment.
0: Is it worth project managers therefore consciously trying to vary their experience with projects so that they are able to have a more flexible style of decision making? Because it sounds as though from what you're saying that if you are a project professional working in, in in a project that's more uncertain with a greater number of teams that you're able to cultivate a style like that more easily rather than someone who's in a team on a particular project or in an organisation for, for a very long time. Is that something that project professionals should bear in mind when they choose, to select the projects they work on or the, or the career path that they follow?
1: Yeah, I mean, some people really, really like um, the variety, um, while others don't. But, but what I would say as well, it, it, it's not just the projects and the situations, um, it's also the people that you work with. So if you surround yourselves by people that have similar decision styles to you, then actually that there's blind spots potentially in how you're making decisions. Um, so it's good as a collective, uh, you know, as a group to actually have a look at the different styles that are being used. And if somebody's really dominant in one particular style, well, see, observe how they're making decisions. Um, reflect and, uh, and maybe ask for some feedback as well, work with them more closely when making decisions.
0: So would, would it make sense then for uh, project managers to ensure that they increase the diversity of people they work with or the projects they work on to give them the opportunity to try out different styles and be exposed to different decision-making styles by others?
1: Yeah, we we definitely saw in the research that um, where uh, project professionals were exposed to greater diversity either in terms of their particular projects or situations they were working with or indeed the people that they were making decisions with, then their ability to to adapt, um, to be able to move around the different um, decision styles was much more easier for them, often unconscious.
0: Perhaps a very practical question that everyone wants to know, but what are the most common mistakes made when it comes to making critical decisions and how can you avoid them? Do you have any tips on how to avoid making those mistakes?
1: So when I asked a similar question, uh, we spoke about challenges with project professionals and they said that some of the biggest challenges was too many people being involved in the decision. Um, which slowed down decision-making quite considerably. Um, the, I, there won't be any great surprise, but the the wrong people kind of around the table when they're making decisions, or those that actually don't have the power or the influence to make those critical decisions. It, it, it's mostly about giving the right amount of time to decisions. So there was all, most of the challenges came back to... Um, the need to to look at lessons learned during the process to make sure that you're not just going through the steps in a linear way, but you're spending time questioning the assumptions of others um, and, and ensuring that you are looking at the bigger picture
0: so in terms of practicalities practical tips for project managers and how they can start improving their decision making straight away what advice would you give because i know in the research you do mention structured micro debriefs, simulations timely feedback all essentially giving people the time to stop and think and be conscious about what they're doing or the processes they're using am i right in saying that what tips would you give to project managers
1: I think the easiest step um, is to become more self-aware so an understanding of your own styles um, the influence um, they have on how you make a decision um, and how you interact with others um, so, so paying attention to much more than the decision that needs to be made um, and to just pause and actually stand back maybe use some um, open questions um, thinking about um, what's led to this particular decision um, and and how maybe this decision is similar to other situations that you faced and how that might be influencing the decisions and the feelings about this decision and you can do that very quickly um, in practice you know just, just pausing as you're making them and you can also repeat that at a social level tapping into a social dialogue with others um, communicating, we've said before, with others in their particular style, but actually using some much more neutral and open questions um, with your team. You know, the, the what, the who, the where and the when style of questions. Um, and and th- th- they seem like really simple techniques, but they really do open the the decision space to understand what patterns are really are really going on in how we're making the decisions.
0: And I'm just thinking in daily practice is this something that could be done once a week when you look over the week's work and think about decisions made and it's literally a couple of minutes of getting yourself or your team to think through decisions made that week or is it better to tag that to the the actual decision making decisions being made in the project life cycle as you go along to stop and reflect as you go along what is there any any kind of tips uh, that you, you would um recommend
1: i think it's actually a little bit of both so the research suggests some um debriefing so decision debriefs which is where that you know the main goal is just to discuss the decisions and some of the thought processes that were involved, you know, actually uncovering what was going on and what was influencing um, the decisions there. And what's really important there uh, between the people involved is feedback um, and and really listening to the views of others. So they tend to be more. Um, At critical points, or at the end um, of the you know of the decision itself, but actually this way of approaching decisions um, can become much more natural. uh, On how as you become more self-aware, more reflective, as an individual and as a team, this just becomes an approach to making decisions.
0: Okay, thank you. And if you make the effort to become more self-aware about how you make decisions or the, or the preference you have, and you discover that you're one of those people that has a very strong preference um, for a particular style, what should you do about that? How can you go about changing that so that you can try and experiment with different styles? Because it might not feel natural to you.
1: Yeah, well, the, the fact that you've picked up an experiment, I think, is is really important, and it, it's trying on different styles in, in a way, um, and kind of coming out of your comfort zone. You know, these decision styles are preferences; um, they're comfortable ways of approaching a decision. Um, I believe that it's hard to to change your approach overnight, so making small changes. Um, as opposed to different styles you're bringing different styles into your current approach kind of into your toolbox i think it's the way to do it smaller habits
0: and so is a, a shortcut to doing that would it be to to speak to someone who you know makes decisions in a very different way to you is someone that you might emulate can you just go and ask to have a chat with them is that about how they do things how they think about things would that be a useful thing to do
1: Yeah, it was really funny with um, some of the teams that I worked with once they understood their own style and those of others, they were then able to see, well, if I take like this different approach based on this person, then I can see the decision in a different way. Um, So we recommended actually working more closely uh, with those with different styles.
0: Mm. Which comes back to um, diversity and the importance of diversity. In the way we think, could you tell us finally about about the detect, reflect, and adapt decision making process, which you talk about in in your um, paper? That would be really um, interesting.
1: Yeah. So there is um, three different levels of practice that the research found, um, and the first I named as detect. So this is just you know your ability to gather and respond to the information, to weigh up options. And it seems um, quite a habitual way of of working through the decisions. Um, This is often where we don't really pay much attention to the emotions and the motives that are going on. We believe that we're making decisions in a really objective manner. But then we also found out another um, layer of research, which is those that reflect, that kind of critique the way that they're making decisions so they have a look at their own attitudes their own beliefs their own assumptions um, and really reflect on what's going on internally and how that's um, influencing how they are reacting to the decision itself and then the last one is is where we then move from just the individual trying to improve their decision making practice to actually changing decision practices as a collective, maybe within a team or within a project. And this is where you're working together to have a look at some of the dynamics that are going on in the situation or between the different members. Uh, and actually uh, reflecting together, um, you know, seeking feedback from others um, and really digging deep into what's driving the decision So really taking ownership of the the human aspects of decision making. And it was in that space that we actually saw more flexibility in decision making styles.
0: Was there any other advice that you'd like to pass on to project managers?
1: I think through the training that many of us receive, there's um, this perception that there's a single way to make a decision you know, there's these typical steps of of making a decision. And I just don't believe that decision-making is linear in nature. Projects are so complex. Um, we've got so much going on in terms of different team dynamics um, that I actually believe in more of the naturalistic decision-making approaches that's taking decision-making Um, and really recognising the challenges that we're operating in and there isn't a single best way to make a decision.
0: (laughs) What a a great way to end the podcast. Was there anything you'd like to add?
1: No, just thank you um, for inviting me on this um, podcast. Um, It's great to talk about the research and it continues to grow. So while we've got um, a report out there, This is something that I'm taking um, forward and and having a look at it in different um, contexts um, to see what else we can find out.
0: So if there's any listeners who want to get involved, um, how can they get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, just um, please email me. My details are on the APM site with the research report. So if you would like to get involved in future research, please just get in touch.
0: Okay thank you Nasty so much for your time. It's uh, been a, a pleasure talking to you and finding out really the latest thinking when it comes to decision making and I, I guess I must speak for many people out there who, who who would really value some good practical advice on that so thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks again to Nasty for joining us and to you for listening to this episode of APM's From the Frontline Season. Don't forget to look out for more episodes in this series or to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and more. We'd welcome you to get in touch with your comments, feedback and suggestions by emailing us at apmpodcast at thinkpublishing.co.uk. This podcast has been brought to you by APM, the chartered body for the project profession. For more information on APM, visit apm.org.uk.